Is that kind of lack of belief, Darren, that was partially <laughs> responsible for the destruction of the Jedi Order? <laughs> well, if there's one thing we know, it's Coach Drinkwitz will not let that kind of disbelief come in. <laughs> It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. The Mark. I almost said The Mark, man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go to The Walmart. Uh, I like indefinite articles, okay? <laughs> Can we just start over? Absolutely. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another. Wait, hang on, I'm getting, I'm getting late breaking news. We need to, we need to pause this this episode to let everybody know the U.S. government is asking for our help to locate a missing F-35. If you've seen this missing plane, then please notify authorities immediately. This, if we don't find it, it's going to wind up on the what. posters everywhere there's rumors that it's in south carolina and shane beamer may have thought that it kept him from executing a uh, onside kick and that's what happened that's that's (laughs) the rumors that are floating around anywhere he wasn't particularly happy about it that's just that's the rumors anyway big brother strikes again (laughs) that's right (laughs) in all seriousness good news it has been found in a field in williamsburg county south carolina so everybody can breathe a collective sigh of relief, and let's talk about sports, because that's what we do here at the Brew yep. and Shavers Sports Podcast, and today is a very special day for us. We're celebrating our 100th episode. The big one zero zero. If this was television, we would be eligible for syndication, right? Is that somewhere in our contract, I think, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let's see. Hmm. <laughs> You know, some shows do get more listeners when they go to syndication. Or more yeah, you know what? That's right. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> I went back to the very first episode we ever recorded, Darren. It was actually uh, on another show title before we moved to this one. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of things that we talked about that I found incredibly fascinating. The first one was your excitement over Vanderbilt's new football coach, a guy named Clark Lee. Now, I've got to ask you, Darren, that was almost, that was 100 episodes ago, right? 99 episodes. Yep. How are you feeling today? Are you still excited about that, Coach? Well, look at my hat. I'm now a proud UNLV fan. (laughs) And let me make sure I move the right way. As you can see, I've taken on a full, um, I guess, Kentucky mindset. I'm finished with football. It doesn't even exist. I've moved on to basketball. Uh, I spent most of Sunday uh, reading uh, basketball recruiting reports. Guys, football doesn't even exist to me anymore. If that tells you how I feel about Clark Lee right now, I'm I'm a full <laughs> running rebel ready for basketball. That's what <laughs> I, I don't know if he has issued an apology yet, but I, I, I think oh. he and the whole Vanderbilt football team owe the SEC an apology. Never in my lifetime, Darren, did I expect to see UNLV football trolling mm-hmm. SEC. Well, you know, when you're a mid-tier MAC team, 
and you've beaten an SEC team not once, but twice in the last five years, you've earned the right to troll them. You know, it's gotten so ugly. Uh, Vanderbilt put out on Twitter their kickoff time for the, I think it was the Missouri game in two weeks, and people were like, okay, no, I've already learned not to watch. Don't Why are you, why are you even publicizing this? We're, we're not going to watch that. <laughs> There should definitely be a public apology. The uh, that should be the largest majority of of uh, Tuesday's press conference. You know, every every coach has that Tuesday. It, it should begin with apologies. He may even consider like sack, sackcloth and ash, maybe as his attire. I, just just some thoughts. Public display of contrition, <laughs> repentance. Exactly, all of those will be accepted. Darren, I had the TV uh, on at least on YouTube TV. You can watch four games at one time. Oh, is that not incredible? So I had that up on the screen, and I thought, well, I'm gonna click over and enlarge, watch a little bit of the Vanderbilt UNLV game, and I was just shocked out of my mind. I thought, did Randall Cunningham no. come back and play for the Running Rebels? <laughs> he, he what is going on? on? <laughs> yeah, and you know the uh, we don't. I I, I know we don't want to get lost in the weeds about Vanderbilt, but. I mean, up 17 to nothing on a Mac team. and Or Midwest. It's not Mac. It's Midwest, right? Mountain West. Mountain West Conference team. And then you allow them to go on a 30-0 run. How, how do you do that as an SEC school? That's just unfathomable to me. Yeah. Go uh, Rebels. Uh, Miami, of, uh, Miami of Ohio representatives are calling in saying, why are you downing a Mac school? I mean, they, they, they just beat Cincinnati last week. Exactly. They just took out the Big 12, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've got other news to report today. As we mentioned last week, it's official. Michigan State has notified head coach Mel Tucker that he will be fired uh, without cause, which means they owe him no money. So cue the legal battles that will mm -hmm. ensue this point on. It's a sad ending to what started as a very promising tenure, a lot of excitement. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and it's sad to see it in this way. Yep. In other news, down in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban has come out today and said Jalen Milrow will be the starting quarterback from here on out. Darren, I've heard a lot of rumors about what was going on behind the scenes in Alabama. Saturday was a horrible showing. If you're an Alabama oh, fan, absolutely. that was that was absolutely painful to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, Buckner, the transfer from Notre Dame, was horrible. The yep. freshman, what's his last name, Simpson or mm -hmm. Ty Simpson? Yep, yep. He, he he came in, and of course he's a freshman. Uh, he wasn't as bad as Buckner, but I'm no. sitting there thinking, why aren't you guys playing Jalen Milrow? Yeah, I mean, because yeah, the two of them combined only completed ten passes. And they still decided, now, does Jalen Milrow have his issues? Uh, of course. But, man, he can at least get you out of a jam with his feet. Even if the passing is not there, it, you know, he could possibly you know, pull a draw off or, you know, get around the corner on someone. Uh, that was the fact that they just kept going with those guys. I mean, the first guy gets five completed passes, 50% completion rate. Then they put in the other guy who also only has five completed passes. Unreal. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that, Darren. Now, one thing I noticed uh, in the parts of the USF game that I watched, Jalen Milrow, he was an active 
participant on the sidelines. He was encouraging Absolutely. his teammates. He was cheering for them. I thought, mm -hmm. what an incredible display of humility from that young man in a very, very tough situation. And yep. I, I think Saban is, is making the right call here. I, I agree completely. You know, he showed that he's willing to be a leader, even if things aren't going his way, which is the kind of leader you want and need uh, on a, on any, any team, especially a college football team. So I, you know, you gave the other two guys a shot. They showed nothing that makes you go, oh, well, that's obviously the guy. And in the middle of those two guys getting their shot, Jalen Milrow showed he was a leader that was a team guy. You can't beat that. How is he not the starter? I think it was the only option they had. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, let's move over and get into our week three takeaways from last week. So looking at all the games that were played in the SEC, Darren, what was your first takeaway? Well, hang with me on this one because I think knowing who the um, – when I say the team name, knowing who their competition has been, you're going to immediately push back. Give me a minute, <laughs> okay? I think it's at least a possibility, a possibility that Oklahoma may be a, a, a silent killer this year. Uh, they have in three games now, admittedly, three games against Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. I understand that. But in three games, uh, they are uh, over 500 yards rushing, over 1,000 yards passing. Most importantly, Dylan Gabriel is at 82.5% completion rate and 11 TDs and one interception. To me, that's the biggest stat that that shows can translate. You know, when you're averaging 55 points a game, it, of course you are. At least you, I mean, you know, they beat Arkansas State bad, so bad it made poor poor Butch cry. You, you know, so that's this level of competition they've been playing against. However, when you've got a quarterback that's at 83% accuracy with 11 TDs, one interception, and an additional rushing TD. That's something that could possibly translate. That being said, all of this is pretty, even this week when they play Cincinnati, but it's all really kind of, if you want to show that you could be a silent killer and you most importantly can be a giant killer, that game is in two weeks. Will this translate when they go up against the Texas defense? When you've got that level of accuracy and control and command of the offense, I think it's at least a possibility. And I think because of the level of competition, it's just not getting talked about very much. So I at least wanted to acknowledge Dylan Gabriel looks good. Oklahoma is showing some potential. We won't know till the Texas game, but it looks like there might be something there for them this year, which is a great turnaround compared to how last year went. I think you make some valid points. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback. There's no question mm -hmm. about that. Oklahoma is better than they were last year. And I agree with you. We won't know exactly how much better until the Texas game. Yeah. So, so what's your first takeaway? Well, my first takeaway is that it is a long season. So settle down. <laughs> we live in a day and age of instant reactions and the mm -hmm. more emotional it seems like the more yeah. uh tread that that re reaction gains on social media absolutely lsu and florida fans were about to lose their minds after dropping their openers yep but both those teams have made a 180 since then 
uh, Florida with a, a huge convincing win over Tennessee. I mean, 29 to yep. 16, that didn't exactly go down to the wire. Billy exactly. Napier is, is he's a good coach. He's, he's riding the ship. It's still going to take some time, mm-hmm. but I like, mm-hmm. uh, you always like to see a team improve. LSU the same way after that devastating loss where they just did not look good at all against Florida state. We didn't know anything after they, they beat up on Grambling state, but going down to Starkville for an early start, which historically LSU has done horrible at 11 AM starts. Mm -hmm. Brian Mm -hmm. Kelly, he, he punched the right buttons and they came ready to play a, a very convincing win in Starkville, it looks like LSU has righted the ship. So in a long season like this, it's important not to get too high and not to get too low after the most recent game because there's a lot of football to be played. That's Those are some great points, man. And that's, you, you know, you think about Arkansas fans this week as well, you know, after their loss to BYU. You know, you, if you listen to Arkansas podcasts and stuff, man, they are – they went from wanting to sit down and have an old, old cold beer with their buddy Sam Pittman to, you know, wanting to start his car and pack his bags for him. So just pump your brakes. Exactly what you're saying. That's a, that's a really great take. I'll go ahead and give you my second one, Darren. And that is the force was with the Missouri Tigers <laughs> as they pulled off the improbable upset <sighs> over Kansas State. Thanks yep. to uh, the icing on the cake that the sealed the win was Harrison Mevis, 61-yard field goal. Long wow. SEC history. That's awesome. Go Eli Drinkwich. I love yep. to say his name, and I think I just mispronounced it. I, I, had, I put an H in Drinkwitz. <laughs> Witch. Wits. 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 My wits are – I'm a, 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 a – <laughs> I'm just going to stop right now. I don't have my wits about me. I keep saying his name wrong. There you go. (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. The force abandoned me in that moment. See, 100 episodes in. 100 episodes in. Wow. I found a way to butcher that even more. Uh, We're we're figuring out how to help each other out. We've we've got that part done or figured out. (laughs) Congrats to Missouri. 3-0 to start the season. How about your number two? I want to talk about the big men just a little bit. They do not get talked about enough. And when you watch um, the devastating game for Tennessee fans uh, and and that loss to Florida, something that really stood out to me, uh, especially early on in the game, and then as the game kind of progressed, you could see it uh, even more. The offensive line play of both Tennessee and Florida was was very much a contrast to me. You could see Florida's uh, offensive line really seemed to have control of the line of scrimmage against a defensive line that had played well uh, leading up to this game, and that the Tennessee offensive line did not have that same command, did not take that take that same command of the Florida defensive line. And so I did a little bit of digging because uh, I'd heard a, a couple of different names mentioned, and, and I found what I suspected. Uh, Tennessee center Cooper Mays has been out this entire season. Uh, and when you get into the level of ball that these guys are playing, the the center does just as much pre-snap as the quarterback does, calling out uh, uh, coverages, calling out uh, where the, the Mike linebacker is in some cases instead of the quarterback doing that. Uh, you, you know, 
talking about what zone or switches need to be made and all that kind of stuff. So the guy that's been doing that for them for a long time has been out on the other side of the ball. Kingsley, I think it's Gherkin, uh, the Florida center. This was his first game back. And uh, Trevor Etienne, Etienne referred to him as their field general. It's awesome to have our field general back. And I think you could see it. Florida had 183 yards rushing. Tennessee's defense had only allowed 174 yards in the games leading up to this game. So Florida's offensive line opened the holes to get more rushing yards than Tennessee in one game than Tennessee had allowed all season. And I, and I think if you really look at the way that the two offensive lines played, missed blocks and different things, one team having their center and their field general back and the other one not having their their guy their their main guy on the field really made a difference in a game that, that's on this magnitude so i just wanted to give some props to the big guys how important they are on the field and especially to to king i'm just going to say his first name kingsley so i don't mis mispronounce his, his last name uh coming back getting into to place and really taking control of that Florida offense and, and making a difference. And you could see how they played, especially comparative to the Utah game. You could really see a difference in how that offensive line played uh, Saturday night for Florida. The game is one in the trenches. How many times do we say that? Absolutely. Can't say it enough. Well, how about your third, Darren? Well, you know, last week we talked about the upside down. Uh, and I think I'm just going to continue on that theme. There is one certainty in the upside down. Upsets happen. <laughs> and we are living in an upset riddled upside down so far this year. Just four weeks in, let's say three weeks, because there weren't really any games week zero, uh, you know, since Vanderbilt's, uh, you know, uh, canceled their football program uh, completely. Uh, so th three weeks in, you're looking at Florida State over LSU, Miami over AM, Texas over Alabama, BYU over Arkansas, Missouri over Kansas State, Florida over Tennessee, and UNLV over Vanderbilt. I mean, that is, those are some large scale upsets, some things that you did not see coming. And we're only three weeks in. We're right at averaging almost three of those games a week. And we're just now really starting to get into the heart of the SEC schedule. So I think there's going to be more to come. This may be the year where we really talk about how insane the upsets are, upsets happen in the upside down. I don't know any other way to say it. What's your third takeaway? Well played. Well played. <laughs> My third takeaway is Friday night high school football. Okay. We believe at the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast that Friday nights are for high school football. College Absolutely. should not be playing games. Shame on the conferences who schedule those games. Shame on you for your greed. Shame on you for never being satisfied with you. you you're making enough money. You're you have enough yep. exposure. Do Absolutely. not take this away from kids that are playing yep. on Friday nights. My wife and I went to a, a game out in um, uh, Houghton, Louisiana, where our son is a, a, a defensive line is the defensive line coach for the team and. An hour before kickoff, the stands were just about full. It That's was incredible awesome. just watching this community come together and the passion. Uh, it was a great game, a great game. That Houghton, a 5A school, was playing the 2A uh, state champion from last year, led by a player that's already committed to LSU. 
It was a wow. slobber knocker of a game. There were guys hitting, sticking. Uh, there were ups and there were downs. There was groans. There was yelling at officials. There was cheering. It had it all. And I, it just is awesome. a reminder, if you haven't been to a high school football game lately, go out and support your team. You don't have to know any of the mm -hmm. players. That's right. Just embrace the atmosphere. There is nothing like it over what is it what's the stats that 90 some percent of these kids uh, they will never play organized football again beyond friday nights that's right so it's a special time and i encourage everybody this friday night turn the tv off don't watch any college football go out to a high school right. football game it, it really is incredible to watch it and, and it's a it's an excitement i mean College level, college has its own level of excitement, especially go go to a full stadium, a big game, especially if you go to somewhere like Death Valley. But man, that that local excitement when a everything you just described, when the stadium is full and and all the the, the majority of the people there are truly invested because they've got family playing or they're you know they, they have family coaching, whatever it is, and and so there's the intensity that comes with that. It really is incredible. It's so much fun to be a part of. A great, great time. Well, let's pause yes. for this week in sports history. September 20th. 1952. The first game is broadcast under a new NCAA television contract. The contract was signed by NBC and the NCAA after the latter voted to outlaw televised games except for those licensed by the NCAA staff. The deal allowed NBC to select one game a week to broadcast on Saturday afternoons with the assurance that no other NCAA college football broadcast would appear on a competitive network. The first game to be televised under this contract was between Kansas and TCU which Kansas won 13 years. This game marked the beginning of a new era of college football exposure and popularity, as well as the emergence of television as a powerful medium for sports entertainment. Oh, thank you. What a timely and relevant this week in sports history. Television had just totally changed <laughs> college football. Changed everything, that's for sure. Well, how are we doing on our CBS Sports Pick'em, Darren? Are you bragging again this week? Oh, I, I am, and I want to say I am bragging again this week, or at least pointing out the fact that, that I'm still in first place. But uh, whatever I said last week, Oh my goodness! Or what? I don't know where my southern, you know, eighty-five-year-old grandmother accent came out somewhere in the. But I won't. I won't brag using those words again, like I did last week. But I am still by one point in first place, and then there is a three-way tie between you and Paul and Zach, and then Ben is Ben M is technically in third place, but fifth place because of the way ties work. But that so that's our top three. But you notice there those top four. That's a one point difference. It's about who can call an upset, which there's one of us that might be really, really good at that. And it's not me. So, we'll, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> 
A lot of football left to be picked. That's right. That's right. So let's get into some of those picks for, for this week. Oh, I, I figure you put the records up there. <laughs> I had already said enough. I was just going to blow past it. But you said records, so I figured we'd go back to it. So there you go. Just just You, just you already stole my thunder. I was going to get you a UNLV hat, but you go ahead and self-deprecating humor. You, you, you just – you cut me off. I didn't get a chance to rub it in at all because you 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 just took care of that. As a Vanderbilt fan, you learn. I, I, you get so accustomed to it. You know. <laughs> you know. You already know how to deal with it from the past. <laughs> well, our first game up for picks, and you'll notice there's a gold star by one of the the team's logos. That's the favored team in this contest. Uh, Oklahoma is traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bearcats. Darren, I was a little intrigued about this game until Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio. Exactly. I think Oklahoma is just going to run them off the field. I, I agree completely. Every I've already said everything I think about Oklahoma, and it's sure not going to change uh, how I, I feel about this game. I This is definitely an Oklahoma win. Would be a great opportunity for for them to make it an emphatic win because it's from a scheduling perspective. It is a power five versus power five, so that could look good, you know, as you get toward the end of the season. But even if it's not an emphatic win, it's definitely an Oklahoma win. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Auburn traveling to College Station uh, to face the favored A and M Aggies, uh, coming off a, a, of a big win against UL Monroe, but nevertheless, yep. a big win. A big win. Uh, Auburn is is showing signs of life under new coach Hugh Freeze. When you look at this matchup, Darren, who do you pick? You know, I still am not buying what A&M is selling. I, I think we gave them a whole lot of preseason hype that may or may not come to be. There's going to be some tough games that come down the road. But I also think you have to be realistic if you're an Auburn fan about where they are and what you what you're coming out of. I mean, you know, you are you're still not even a year from move removed from as the Harson turns and all of that turmoil, even with roster turnover. So I think this is going to ultimately end up being too much for for Hugh Freeze and and, and Auburn. And honestly, even though AM's defense has not done what you expect it to. Man, their offense has, and I think the offense will be even if it gets into a shootout. I think Bobby Petrino with the horses, you know, with the dudes that A and M has, can come out on the high end of a shootout with Hugh Freeze and his offense where their talent level is right now. So I, I think this is an A and M win. College Station is a tough place to play. Absolutely. I think Bobby Petrino is doing a very good job with the offense. We'll see what Hugh Freeze has up his sleeve to test that A&M secondary, which has been somewhat suspect yep. as, as Miami exposed. I think that somehow Hugh Freeze is going to come up with some sort of game plan that's going to enable the Tigers to squeak out of College Station uh, with a victory. That would be you talking about coming out with a bang <laughs> your first time in Kyle field as the Auburn head coach to come out with a win. Whew, that's going to be nice. If you're, you freeze. <laughs> the favored Kentucky wildcats are traveling to Nashville 
to play Darren's beloved Vanderbilt Commodores. Will the crane be holding up the scoreboard this game as well? Uh, Probably, but it, it, It'll probably fall halfway through the second quarter or something. That'll be <laughs> in the or, construction or, zone. <laughs> or have, have the people funding the construction all withdrawn their support. <laughs> it'll just be a it'll be a big black curtain <laughs> that's hanging up where the scoreboard used to be. <laughs> Darren, I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky on this one. Uh, yeah, I think it's as simple as Vanderbilt stinks, Kentucky wins. There you go. That's. <laughs> A big-time matchup Saturday. Uh, Ole Miss is traveling to Tuscaloosa uh, to face uh, the 13th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide out of the top 10, which is unusual territory uh, mm-hmm. for Alabama. What do you think? This Is a is this a toss-up, or do you think Alabama rebounds? I, I think it definitely has a toss-up feel to it. Uh, and, and to me, I think it would be a, a – there would be absolutely no question – if uh, if Ole Miss's line was playing a little bit stronger, uh, because Judkins has has kind of been MIA a little bit in these first few games, you know he's he's about half the production that he was uh, this time last year, same time last year. That being said, uh, Jackson Dart has been throwing darts. Uh, he has looked impressive. Uh, and I, unless there is an injury that's not being made known, I think it is prime for a Judkins kind of breakout game for Dart to show the command of the offense that he has. And and I think turmoil right now is within the Alabama program as hard as that is to say from the top down uh, or hard as, that is, hard as that is to believe. And I think it shows up this week as well. They'll obviously look some better, but I don't know that they're going to look adjusted as everybody thinks they're going to. I think Ole Miss pulls off the upset here and and goes into Tuscaloosa and pulls off a win. What do you think? Wow. It's a tough pick. Kiffin is beginning to get a reputation as not being able to win the big games. Yeah. And now you got Alabama team that appears to be somewhat down, which Mm -hmm. typically in the past in these moments, uh, Saban has been his best. That's true. Now, does he have the players – this year who will respond to that like he has mm-hmm. in the past. I think Jalen Milrow will make a huge difference. Uh, gosh, I don't know. You know what, Darren, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, uh, with Saban on this one. I think Alabama pulls out a, a big win at home. If Lane Kiffin can avoid saying things like get the popcorn ready, I think I'm going to be right. On this. <laughs> Well, he's already poked a bear again this year by insinuating that Kevin Steele is not making the defensive calls. Yeah, exactly. He, he, well, if there's one thing, when he runs his mouth, it is fun. But sometimes you would hope he would learn to just, no, no, I'm good. But he still hasn't yet. So. The Roadrunners from UTSA are traveling to Knoxville to, to face the 23rd Tennessee Volunteers coming off of a pretty di- hard loss uh, in Gainesville against the Florida Gators. Darren, you think Tennessee bounces back? Oh, I, I think they definitely do. Matter of fact, I think this has a potential to be a really definitive kind of turning moment from the, for them. Because I, I tell you, as much as I've talked about Joe Milton, I think if you really watch that game against Florida with open eyes, 
even though there were some accuracy issues, Joe Milton was not the problem. Uh, the majority of the things that were the problem are things that can be taught and corrected or schemed and corrected. I, I think even though Heupel in his third year at UCF did have a little bit of a, a, a drop off, people are talking about that this year. Is the same thing going to happen? I, I don't think this is going to be the Clint case. I, I think this has the opportunity to be a real uh, a strong win and, and a turning point for the Tennessee season. And maybe Joe Milton gets his feet under him even a little bit more, shows a little bit more uh, confidence and really has a big game. But, but either way, it's a Tennessee win. Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. win. The third-ranked Texas Longhorns are traveling to Waco to face the disappointing Baylor mm. Bears. Dave Aranda, a great defensive mind, is he going to be able to come up with a plan to stop the Longhorns, who struggled a little bit against Wyoming before pulling it all together and, and pulling away in the fourth quarter? Mm -hmm. Darren, is this a – I think Texas is going to win this, and it shouldn't even be close. No, they should absolutely destroy them. I, I think the, the Wyoming issues were strictly big game win hangover, uh, and, and that'll be gone. That's taken care of. They worked that out. Unfortunately – for our favorite football ninja, uh, I don't think he's going to sneak up on Texas at all. It's going to get ugly. I don't. This is going to be a big Texas win. And that takes us to the Arkansas Razorbacks, who last week dropped a home game against BYU yep. from the Big 12. They will be traveling down to Baton Rouge to face the LSU Tigers, ranked 12th in the country. Darren, who you got in this one? This has to be LSU. When their offense is clicking the way they are, and, and Arkansas, we love Sam Pittman. Arkansas could still have a very nice year, not the year they were hoping for, possibly not. I don't know that Dan Enos is the answer at, at offensive coordinator that they thought he was going to be. Uh, but this is going to – LSU's offense is just going to be too much for Arkansas. I, this is going to be a nice LSU win. What do you think? Last year, Harold Perkins was the difference in a very close game. Mm -hmm. LSU and Arkansas tend to play close games. If LSU plays like they did against Starkville, this should not be a close game, but you never yeah, know. Uh, you know, there's some folks that um, told me at church Sunday, they're Arkansas fans. They're like, we don't know if we're going to come to church next week. <laughs> and I said, don't worry, I won't say anything. But if you don't come to church, I'm going to say a whole lot. If LSU wins. Now that's, that's a big if because you never know. That's why we play the yeah. game and, and uh, they could be giving me the what for next week, but I'm going to go with the Tigers uh, winning at home. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Brian Kelly will miss the opportunity to remind them of what happened last year and how they can correct it in their home stadium this year. I, I think that'll be a point of emphasis. And there's a big difference between um, how Brian Kelly prepares the team and how coach O did, frankly. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> the Memphis Tigers are traveling to Missouri to face the 3-0 Missouri Tigers, yep. led by Eli Drinkwitz. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> I'm going to go with Missouri on this one. I, I, they're going 4-0, baby. I, I, they are. I, I feel that very confidently, but I got to tell you, this feels like if you look at the last couple of years, 
this looks like one of those moments where on Saturday night you're sitting there going, what in the world happened? How did they lose this game? So that scares me a little bit if I'm a Missouri fan. But I, I, I agree with you. They're they're 4-0 and, and are continuing in, in a path that, that looks like they could be get, putting together a really nice season. Is that kind of lack of belief, Darren, that was partially <laughs> responsible for the destruction of the Jedi Order? <laughs> well, if there's one thing we know, it's Coach Drinkwitz will not let that kind of disbelief come in. <laughs> Mississippi State coming off of a disappointing loss at home to LSU is traveling to South Carolina to face uh, the, the South Carolina Gamecocks that they really played Georgia tough last yeah. week before Georgia had a late score, put a little distance between them. You know, I want to get behind Shane Beamer. Uh, I think, I think he's, uh, he's doing a good job. South Carolina's just all over the place. They, they, they have a quarterback that at one point was in the discussion to win a Heisman. They should win this game against Mississippi state. But on the other hand, if Mississippi state can figure out, I, I think, I think they may be second guessing their drastic change in offensive philosophies from last year to this year, because you've got an outstanding quarterback in Will Mm -hmm. Rogers and he does not look like the quarterback last year. And they've got to figure this out because he's got the talent, but I don't know if they're going to get it together for this game. I think I'm going to go with the home team, South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that it's at home and the fact that, I mean, you can't trust Mississippi State's offense to do anything right now. Uh, and, and it's even starting to affect their defense some uh, because everything is so unpredictable on offense. And, you know, you get turnovers and, and short fields and and it starts to wear down a defense. Uh, even though I, I'm not sold in any form on South Carolina, I think they win this game. I think they take out Mississippi State. Well, that's our picks for this week. So be sure to join us in making your picks. Go to CBS Sports Pick'em, Bruin Shavers. Look for that for, for our, our name and go to the password, Pick'em1234 exclamation point, and you can log in. Even if you've not picked it all this year, you can still join yep. and, and, and get in on the fun. And who knows? In a few weeks, you may have a better record than Darren and I have put together already, (laughs) which would not be that surprising. All you got to do is put together a nice little run because we're going to get to the point where we've got consistently, you know, six, eight, nine games every single week because everything's conference and and, uh, what the spread is will no longer matter. You know, you can put a a nice three or four week run together and and leave us all in the dust. So definitely, I'll see if I can do this right. I'll use my pen. Let me see. The link below, it will be there. Click on the link. It'll ask you for the password. You join in. The picks are usually there somewhere around midday Wednesday. Uh, the, the, the the games will be there for you to pick. So just, just jump in. Definitely not too late. Let's move to four down territory. You're in four down territory. Darren, what is your sure thing pick for this week? My sure thing pick for this week is Kentucky. There may not have ever been a more sure thing in the history 
of sure things in college football <laughs> than Kentucky beating Vanderbilt this week. Mine's Kentucky. How about you? My sure thing pick is – go ahead and put it on the screen. Are you surprised? LSU. No. <laughs> and I think that's a good pick, by the way, like we talked about. Good, good pick. Let's go to our upset picks for the week. Darren, who do you have? Okay, before I call the upset or, or say what my upset pick is, got to give some props. Now, I'll get it out of the way first. I did call the Florida-Tennessee game last week. However, we've been doing four-down territory. I think this is maybe our, our this is our third week of doing four-down territory. So, in our picks and our four-down territory upset picks, you are calling the upsets, sir. You called Alabama over Texas or Texas over Alabama, and then last week you called Missouri over Kansas State, even though it might not have been your upset pick, you called that upset. So you are you are living in the upside down and figuring out how to direct the traffic. Well done. I just want just wanted to say that. <laughs> Can I just stay there? Do I have to keep picking? <laughs> no, you know what's it, George Costanza? Go out while you're out. Costanza, I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's your upset pick, Darren? All right, I am going to go, if you call Ole Miss taking Alabama, that's got to be your upset pick. That's me, Ole Miss over Alabama. How about you? I'm going to stick with the Auburn Tigers uh, pulling off an improbable win. That's the second time I've used the word improbable in this podcast episode with an unlikely win at College Station. (laughs) I need to learn more synonyms. I don't know, improbable. You know, most people might say that it would be improbable that you would hear that word improbable twice in one episode. So well done is what I say. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) What happens when you stop reading the dictionary? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Brown bag pick for the week. We may have the same one, Darren. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) You want me to go first? (laughs) My brown bag pick of the week is Vanderbilt. It just can't happen. I've said enough. That's my brown bag pick of the week. How about you? Agreed. You said it all. So let's move on. Good. <laughs> How about the post-game quote of the week? What do you find, Darren? Oh, uh, the force was strong with Coach Drinkwitz in his post-game press conference. Yeah, we, we knew we were going to try to throw a five-yard out right there uh, to get the yardage back and, and it got tipped, and we knew we were going to kick it. Um, so we knew we were going to kick it. Why, why did you know you were going to kick it? Because we had told ourselves if we got to the 40 that we felt like Harrison could make it. And uh, we got ourselves a 38, so then we took the penalty to make it more dramatic. This is all for TV anyway. <laughs> it's in the script. Um, so, yeah. What does he do in practice? I mean, just Makes practice. me mad when he misses kicks. So how long have you seen him in practice? How, how long? Yeah. That's his longest kick I've ever seen him make. That's why I got a game ball. <laughs> Tells it like it is. <laughs> I think my, even though the whole, it was on the script thing was very funny and a great way to deal with that. Cause earlier in, in the press conference, he did say that was on me. We'd spike the ball. I, I was talking to guys about how to cover it, you know, cut to kind of avoid a, the possibility of a kick six, kick six. I didn't realize when the rest of the team was huddled on the sideline, that was on me. So I think he played that all very well, but at the end of it to say, 
longest kick in SEC uh, history. Well, that's why he got a game ball. I, I don't know what it is that hits me about that. I think that was a great line. Yeah, that was great line by Coach Drinkwitz. Well done. Gotta love well it. Well done. Gotta Absolutely. love it. Well, thank you again for watching another episode or listening if you're listening to the, the podcast on, on your mobile device, in the car, wherever you are. We appreciate however you choose to, to watch or listen each week. Remember to join our CBS Sports Pick'em. Make your picks. Be a part of this. You win a lot of games. We'll brag on you here online, and we'll admit that you're smarter than we are, which absolutely is not a huge accomplishment, but we will admit it anyway. Exactly. Please, Please subscribe to the channel. Uh, follow us, like us, comment on uh, on the show, what you liked, what you didn't like, what we got right, what we didn't get right. Let us know. And remember, mm -hmm. new episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m. in the morning. But listen whenever is convenient for you at whatever time and on whatever platform. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. And until next week, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or text to our text line, 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. See you next week.